Hello, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Malcolm Cano, and welcome back to another episode of Pixel Hunt. All of the uh, news that you can uh, you can learn all about video games and video game related news. Welcome. Joining me as always in the studio is the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Carl. Hello. Hi. Uh, and we are down a man today. He's a casualty of the raid, the great raid of twenty eighteen. Um, he'll, uh, we might see Jim later on tonight, but for the most part, we'll continue what we have up here. Seems unlikely, God, God bless that man. Oh, once more into the breach, gentlemen. He's committed. Once more into the raid, gentlemen. Um, but, uh, I do have some new releases that we are going to go over. Uh, some, some really, now we're starting to really pick up. Now it's starting to get into the, the season for the real high profile stuff. Right, we're yeah. starting to see it finally. Um, yes, I know. Uh, so upcoming, we've got Frozen Synapse coming out on the PC. Uh, we've got we talked about this last week, but the Nintendo Labo vehicle kit, uh, NHL 19. Oh boy, oh boy. This actually NHL will come into play later today. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider coming out on September 14th for the PS4 and Xbox One and PC, where you play as a horrible murderer. Um, with absolutely no conscience, uh, who feels nothing as she str- uh, as she tracks, hunts, and kills people. Now, albeit they are criminals, uh, but she ha- hunts, tracks, and kills them, uh, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. I just she's British, so she does it with class. Exactly, it's really okay. Um, my one of my favorite parts of the demo was when the guy, the bad guys, know you're there. She's like, they're like, she's hunting us. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, you're like, oh. She, she's Batman <laughs> Yeah, now. she is Batman. No, she's even worse because she murders she fools. She just like stabs them in the back of, an, in the, back of the spine with a, with a knife yeah. and leaves them for or dead. with like a pickaxe. It's insane. <laughs> All right. It's just a little, I just find it a little weird. Uh, we also have Black Co- uh, Clover Quartet Knights coming out on the PS4 and PC. Uh, Insurgency Stan- Sandstorm coming out on the PC on September 18th. Undertale is coming to the Switch on September 18th. Oh boy. And Blind for the PSVR and the PC is coming out on September 18th. This was the the one where you... you I think it's the, the, the horror one where you go through a house and you got to tap on objects to create a comprehensive view. Oh. Yeah, I think that's... that the, one? I believe so. It might be a different the sound one. Sound reverberations. Yeah. And if you t- I was thinking of the, the one where you tap your, your cane... Yeah. And you get, like, a, a colorful... I think that's the one. I'm not th- sure... Th- those are two different games. Oh, okay, but they employ They're very... Really similar? Yeah, really yeah. similar methods. One, you're, like, a, a blind girl walking yeah. through a park Yeah, and something. the other... No, you go to, like, a... You're a blind girl in a mansion. And then there's a dude in a hospital, I think. Okay, yeah. All no, of see, the, the, I, those are two separate games. All of these games, they kind of mesh together. Yeah, um, the but, idea's been dumbed for, that's for sure. Of course. And, like, with the P- with the PSVR, it is kind of a... It, it makes sense. Um, we, in P- like, this is a little mini-discussion, but we, talk, we talked about it specifically when we watched the Kroby Cat video on VR and how VR is still very much in its infancy. Yeah. Uh, and how a lot of the games end up being really samey because it's really all that anyone can kind of think of. Except it's for a few a long standouts. But super hot VR. If yeah. you do get the chance, yeah. super hot VR. Now there's Quality. a game. Yeah, Oof. absolutely. That'll knock your socks right off. 
I'm I'm a little confused about the blind thing. <laughs> the I, VR. It's you ever wanted to be blind? <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> video games are go. incredible. More and more unique new experiences. In a way, like sure, it's a it is a very strange thing to keep coming back to. I never thought that like that's what we'd have a ton of. Not a ton necessarily, but we'd see it so close together. Yeah. Um it's right up there with like when the zombie survival horror really kicked in and like tons of games were just like co-op survival horror or co-op survival as you fought a bunch of zombies. Right. And it was for everything. Yeah. Even Call of Duty got in on it and then kind of monopolized the market. Call of Duty was one of the first. Was it? Yeah. Oh. It inspired all wasn't the spin-offs. It, wasn't it? A, I thought it was Left for Dead. Oh, yeah. It was Call of Duty and Left for Dead were the ones that really everyone flocked to. Yeah. And so, I don't know. We'll, we'll be looking at a lot of trends. So, actually, the first uh, article that I brought up today that I kind of wanted to talk about uh, from gamesindustry.biz, which is a great source of news. Um, uh, games are expected to account for 76% of the global revenue of global mobile revenue in 2018, uh, as the number of smartphone users reaches approximately $3 billion by the end of the year, and consumer spending exceeds $92 billion. Uh, and the maj- wow. Yeah. So the mobile game market uh, is actually really insane and crazy, and I, I think that this is one of the most overlooked parts of the games industry. A lot of times it's stuck on AAA developers and large... Uh, scaled up games, but when in reality, the, the one of the big things that move uh, units, economically speaking, are these mobile games. And I, I do kind of want it, I wanted to sit down and have a bit of a conversation about what does it mean to have more and more prominence on mobile games. And I also wanted to kind of dive into the stigma against mobile games. Like, okay, Mike, trying to be as honest as possible, do you believe that you have a stigma against mobile games when someone's like oh yeah i'm a gamer i play uh um oh god uh uh a clash of i don't even know see look i'm i'm showing my own colors right now uh i think it's like clash of clans or something like that where it's like um yeah clash yeah of clans. so when someone's like i'm a gamer i play clash of clans does that do you agree with that does that <laughs> do you feel that that constitutes like being Someone who's part of that industry. I don't know. I personally um, end up putting a little bit of in like it is involuntary bias where I'm just like, oh, that's not a real game. It's just a like it's something to kill time. It's not has no merit whatsoever. It's just a it's just to make money and kind of it's a fun little phone game. It's inconsequential. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I do the same thing. I think I do have a little bit of an inherent bias against people who maybe exclusively play mobile games if they tell me that just because I myself haven't experienced it that much. But at the same time, talking about it now, that doesn't mean that if someone says that to me that I'm going to invalidate what they believe that they are because if they believe that they are a gamer and they play games, then they are by definition... A gamer. This is true. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's they, they can identify themselves as whatever they want. It doesn't matter what I think about it. This is true. Um, but if it does matter what I think about it, then, yeah, I think I think they're gamers. Absolutely. Fair enough. Um, and I only raise that because, like, I just find with a lot of games journalism, it's overlooked. 
Um, and I think that like oh yeah, this definitely. is this is something we should definitely pay attention to because this will actually probably affect most everyday gamers more than a lot, especially since it's become a ninety-two billion dollar global industry. Um, do you think that uh, there is a and so this is another thing which is mobile games are going a very specific way. It's focusing on microtransactions, um, developing a model in which you can have concurrent users that keep coming back to a game but they're also incentivizing the games to become more and more addictive like you want to try to make your game as addictive as possible it wants to generate it you need it to generate as much money as possible and so what where do you think this will go uh, i think that if mobile games continue down the stretch that they're going we might end up seeing uh, a, a common uh problem that we're seeing nowadays with AAA developers and the loot box situation where uh, monetization has taken such a stranglehold over the industry that uh, governments are beginning to step in and forcibly regulate them. Um, And so like what, where do you, it's such a big industry and it reels in so much money. I wonder what would happen if, if it were to be regulated like that, or if someone were to say, well, you can't, you can't do that. You can't put that in because it's technically gambling. Um, and I just wonder, I mean, where do you think it'll go? I don't know. I, are you asking whether I think it's going to be regulated in the future or if we're going to see this industry as something that needs to be watched yeah, do you as think much it's, as, yeah, do you think we're going to get a, a situation where we're going to hit a breaking point, much like we saw with Battlefront 2, where, the microtransactions got so out of control that a government was like, "No, we gotta, we gotta stop this. We gotta step in right now." Um, but I, I just, I, and I have trouble wondering, like, like how do you clamp down on an international ninety-two, like billion-dollar industry? Yeah, especially when it's like it's not just in your country, and and we're seeing that right now, especially. Um, actually, this kind of segues into another. Uh, article that I wanted to talk about and something that is actually it is concurrent news from what we talked about last week was the the Belgian Gaming Commission's uh, ultimatum to publishers to remove loot boxes from their games and all the publishers complied except for can you guess which one? You told me. I know. Well. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. It was EA. Yeah it's EA. Um, EA stepped forward and defiantly raised their gauntlets uh, uh, against the oppression of the people who don't want children to gamble. How dare they? Uh, f- just really standing up against these, you know, these th- this Belgian commission on gambling. Uh, how- it's a business practice they had already set up. Exactly. And it was successful. How- they don't want to take that away. You know, you preserve EA's right to exploit children <laughs> with gambling. Um this is, uh, and again, heavy, heavy sarcasm here. But I can't, I am just amazed that EA is like, no, we're not going to remove loot boxes from FIFA 18 or FIFA 19. What are you going to do about it, Belgium? And Belgium was like, we're going to take it to court, EA. Yeah, well, and also possibly ban their products in Belgium. Just... I have a feeling that I think that's what's going to happen. They can easily do that. Yeah, it is like the EA is currently under criminal investigation by the Brussels police, uh, public, the Brussels public prosecutor's office due to its refusal to remove loot boxes from its games. Uh, it appears EA may be ready and waiting for a legal battle. <laughs> um, 
they they said that it under pre-existing gambling law loot boxes fell under the category of gambling uh and it becomes troubling because it is now it's gambling for kids um and i just find it hilarious that ea is taking a stand or like we're putting our foot down we're not gonna let you bully us commissioned who says we can't exploit children we've been doing this forever and forever being a couple of years i think they also feel pretty safe i don't think that they believe they're gonna lose this battle which i kind of agree with them i don't think they will really you don't think they'll lose no i don't interesting i I think well because i i agree i think it is basically gambling um and I'm glad that somebody is finally deciding to stand up against this and say what it really is. Exactly. At the same time, I think most people, and I don't know, maybe I'm thinking of American courts here. I have no idea. How I don't know how Belgian works. People Belgium in the works. EU are going to do this. Yeah. But if it were an American court, they just do not have an understanding of the industry to take it seriously enough right to say yes this is gambling this encourages young children to gamble away their money in the same way that an adult would go to vegas and bet uh, bet their money for for more money essentially yeah because it is a marketplace it's absolutely a marketplace it's a marketplace where you gamble your money you turn over profit. That's correct. And then if you keep gambling, you lose all of your money. If I may provide <laughs> you a little bit of anecdotal evidence, uh, and I know how incredibly, how much credibility one has when one uses anecdotes, but uh, I knew someone who was a huge fan of CS, uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which is a, a first-person or third-person team-based uh, shooter. Um, and one of the hot, one of the large parts of that entire game is the economy of gun skins and knife skins. You can purchase different skins for your guns, make them look real pretty. You can purchase different types of knives that look real pretty. Uh, but the, the real tricky bit is when it gets to the price because the guns and the knives can range in price from a couple of cents to hundreds of dollars. A knife typically goes for around 45 to $90 if that's a regular skin for a knife. And these knives and, knives and skins are found in loot boxes, which are randomized, that you have to purchase, pay $3 to open. And there is a marketplace on Steam in which you can buy and sell these items to other players for Steam bucks, for digitized currency. And where it got real crazy was when we saw uh, certain websites that provided literally gambling on CSGO games. And this person, who was definitely not of gambling age that I knew, would participate in this. And I remember them talking to me about hedging their bets in order to not only make a turn a profit, but they start. it was like sports uh, betting. Where they were like, okay, these two teams are going up, and I'd like to place this bet and this bet, like these skins, betting these skins for guns and uh, gun skins and knife skins, that this team is going to win this match. Uh, He then did research 
on the game on the win like the winning percentages of the teams and did a matchup like you would gamble on two sports teams fighting each other and he went to a third party site which brokered this deal uh, and if you win you lose your skins and you and if you or if you win you gain other people's skins and if you lose you lose your skins and it it accounts to actual money and i remember them being scammed out of a skin by a faulty trade deal and losing $90 on a digital knife and I, it still blows my mind that it was like how wait how much money did you lose it was just a, a shiny digital knife for 90 bucks it's getting it like it and it got to the point where i was like this is a this is an issue uh, he eventually stopped doing it but i do wonder what would happen if he had developed a long-term addiction to that type of thing that's not nothing especially for someone who isn't even 18 yet right yeah it's nuts it's it's gambling addiction it's gambling gambling age exactly and if you if you scale that ninety dollars to the age of the kids, it's who insane. Are playing this, yeah, it's like ninety dollars is a lot to me. <laughs> exactly. It's it's yeah. I, I'm not you know uh, a businessman in my thirties or forties going to Vegas. <laughs> it's just like ninety dollars maybe isn't as much. The to new Vegas like that. will be going to your home computer and being like, I'm gonna bet these skins on all, on this game. Yeah. It's that's it, a nuts. Yeah, it's, it's like an, I'm I'm this fourteen year old high school kid going home right after school and just betting away ninety dollars, exactly. aka a quarter of my life savings. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, <laughs> and and it was that thing that and so a court, so the Belgian gaming the gaming commission actually went in and found and did a an official uh, review. And found loot boxes to be a type of gambling. Um, so that's like that's further than a lot of American uh, legislation has gone. Well, yeah, that's why I I had to clarify. I, I'm really doubting there's going to be any movement here for a while. Exactly, and because uh, again, we really don't take the industry seriously. Like no. if you're not a part of it, then you don't understand it. At exactly, all. and People lawmakers aren't willing to understand. Yeah, lawmakers are not. It is. It is not a thing that many lawmakers have at the forefront of their mind of like, oh, up to date with the the gambling or loot box culture for a right. lot of these really popular video games. Yeah, um, and it's why I think that a lot of this plays into the wild. It's like the wild west days of loot boxes and microtransactions. It's almost like a miniature gilded age, um, because. These large companies almost have can do almost whatever they want, and the regulations are starting to come out as the situation gets really crazy. So, in, in even like a little further back in the day, at its heyday when this was going on, like Steam didn't care, uh, Microsoft, like all the other publishers and developers, like whatever, man, they made money, uh, and even the third-party sites. There was one, there was a, a controversy that we covered a couple of years ago on this show with T. Martin and Pro Syndicate, two YouTubers that advertised sites in which you could gamble on skins for CSGO and lose them and win them. And they, when you looked into it, owned the site themselves and, pro- and promoted on their channels and didn't disclose that they owned the sites and directly benefited from their mostly uh, underaged subscribers gambling away money. Right. So just to clarify, they were saying that their third-party site was officially associated 
with Counter Strike. No, they were right? saying they were saying like, "Hey guys, check out this cool." They, so the they were like they'd made YouTube videos stating, "I'm gonna go over to the site and I'm gonna bet some skins," and they showed footage of themselves winning big, and that was it. And did not disclose that they directly benefited from the site or but that they own the sites. Yeah, they yeah. own the sites. But they were also, weren't they associated with Counter-Strike? No, and this was one of the other things, which is Valve didn't care. Uh, it, it was like, you could it, because there was a marketplace outside on the Steam marketplace in which you could buy and trade and sell a lot of these items, like, Valve just kind of... There, there still is. That yeah, still exists. Exactly. So, like, yeah, Valve was like, yeah, what else? They, yeah. they have not touched it. Um, no. And it is very concerning. Uh, and so the one of the key questions here is who who needs to take responsibility? Personally, I think it should be Valve because I think Valve, stay, they are the ones that created this economy. Um, and they are the ones that originated a lot of the processes here. And I think it's, it's it, it can get very, very dangerous because we might be, there might come a time when all of the kids that grew up on these types of games have uh, really like pronounced and like almost matured gambling habits yeah like you start gambling into a dependence on it yeah yeah i think it's it's very concerning yeah and well it's 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 even worse with mobile games going back to that because everyone has access to those now right from if you want to play games you know growing up you will realize obviously that you know you want to buy an xbox you want to buy a ps4 a pc right and you'll get into that a little bit later on in life. But phones now, kids are getting them when they're in, like, yeah. mid-elementary school. Exactly. So they're, like, I don't know, seven, eight years old probably when yeah. they get a phone now. Now you're getting, yeah, you're getting a smartphone at a very young age now. Yeah, and then even if they're they're not getting it, they're still using their parents all the time. And I see this a lot, too. I see younger kids four or five playing games on their parents' phone. They give it to them. So very early on, they're playing these mobile games with advertisements all over them. Exactly. With these pay-to-win features where they'll finish a level and it'll be like, oh, you can finish this level faster if you do this thing. Right. And of course, they won't notice that anything is wrong because they won't be the one paying for it because it's not their phone. Right. So they'll, they'll press these things and the parent will probably get charged for it. And maybe well, they'll notice because it's like, you know, $3 at a time. Yeah, there's already like dumb, stupid YouTube videos where it's like, I accidentally bought $90 worth of V-Bucks on my parents' account. Oh, no. Oh. V-Bucks are the Fortnite currency. Yeah. Uh, it's even more, it's even worse than a Fortnite video on YouTube. It's a Fortnite V-Bucks scam on YouTube. Oh, man, those are classics. <laughs> So, and it's such a, like, it's, it's completely inane. Um, but you end up getting, yeah, exactly. We're now, it's becoming more and more common. Even to showcase as a point of entertainment, it's like, oh no, I purchased all these V-Bucks to buy skins. Uh, um, but it's becoming easier and easier. And I, I find it, it is troubling. And yeah. I think that we should do something about it. Yeah, Specifically, just regulate all of these games. I agree. Um, I think there needs to be there needs to be education. Yes. On the front of parents giving their phones to their kid, you know, they should at least know that yes, it's it's fine to let your kid play this game on your phone, but maybe what you don't realize 
is that that opens <laughs> slowly up slowly being access. indoctrinated. Yeah, well, it, it, it does. It, it opens up access to all sorts of ways to spend your money, which then will create a dependence very early on for them once they have to spend their own money. They're just going to be used to naturally doing this. Like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. It just, you Once know. they get their own phone, they're going to put in their own, you know, debit card or whatever they have. Oh, man. And do the same exact thing because they grew up doing it with their parents' phone. So it's so concerning. You get that dependence very early on. So yeah. parents need to know uh, more so, I think, and this does apply to video games on consoles and, and PC too. Right. But I think, yeah, mobile games are very insidious in that they're – Mostly free at this point. Like they are apps, mostly free. Yeah. Almost all apps are free at this point. They make most of the revenue through in-app purchases. Now, and that's why y- your kid who's playing it always has as- access to those. We do have to take a quick moment to discuss what really matters. And I, I hate to take you away from talking about gambling, but your telling smile—it, you know what's coming, Mike. It's the weather. So currently in Iowa City, it's seventy-two degrees Fahrenheit. It's pretty temperate and nice. Um, but Mike, what does it feel like? Okay, what was the actual temperature? 72 right? degrees. Don't 72? you look at your phone, you cheater. It's not going to match up anyway. Yeah, so, do- oh, okay, so you're using that as like a reverse divoting rod? Yeah. Where to stay away from? All right, what do we got? Yeah, it feels like 72. It- yeah, you think it feels like 72? Yeah. Even though the, the temperature is 72? Yeah. It's 70. Close. Well, mine or- says feels like 72. Well, yours is wrong. And it is 72. Nope. Doesn't matter what it's what this one, what the real feel over here says. Okay. Well. Congratulations on being wrong. Um, but yes, it is 72 degrees. Also, a couple of things. First off, uh, the show that comes on before us, Descent into Radness, it, like it's on between the hours of uh, 7 and 8 p.m. here on, uh, on Care UI. And I really think that if you enjoy really eclectic and interesting music, check them out. I don't know. I listen to them before we before I come on the show, and it's re, it's just consistently really good. So it's also got a great name. It's got a fantastic name. So yes, please tune into that. It's very good. Um, and also, hey, if you like what you're hearing now, uh, we actually I've converted the first episode of this new season of Pixel Hunt into a podcast, and it's up on SoundCloud now. So if you look up Pixel Hunt on SoundCloud, you can actually find the first episode. And that's where this episode's going to go after it finishes today. Um, We're probably only going to be able to have one to two episodes up at a time because of the limit to how much. But if more and more people uh, listen to it and enjoy it, we might uh, be able to create a backlog or an archive. Um, But yeah, if you guys are interested, I'm going to see if I can't get it put on Google Play, if I can't get it put on iTunes, uh, so that you guys can listen to a cool podcast uh, type deal over here. So, yeah, there's a couple of housekeeping features. Oh, and if you like us, you can find uh, you can find me on Twitter at a pixel hunt. Find me. Uh, <laughs> just find it. Just find it. Um, I don't know. It, chilling is is all I know, and I really think that you know last 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 year was the was the give was the sellout arc. Oh yeah, but I think now we've I think we're still there. We're, we've graduated though. It's not just selling out. We're in the loot box arc. We're gonna start 
uh, it's going to be a loop box now whether or not you get a ra- uh, podcast program or you get a couple of choice voice lines from Mike and I. It's going to be the voice lines. But there is a chance you might get a full-blown podcast. Oh, so no. <laughs> put in your put in your your M and M bucks now and purchase our dumb, stupid, nonsense currency and waste all your money. Thanks, guys. This message has been brought to you by no sponsors because we don't get paid to do any of this. No. Um. So yeah. Oh, how I wish. Oh, that would be amazing. I would love it if people did. Um. <laughs> I would love it if I got paid. I sh- wouldn't not it be that nice? I deserve it. But <laughs> not that. Of that course would be cool. not. Um. But yes, so speaking of horrible, uh, incredible car crashes of scenarios, um, EA has, EA Bioware specifically, uh, has committed to a free story DLC for Anthem. Uh, This is in like, well, ring the bells for EA Bioware's Anthem Watch 2018 uh, as the as the flashing red lights of danger continue to flash even harder. Anthem Which makes me sad. It does because it, it seems those I, flashing lights are not alarming. They no, just invoke despair. It's a lot like being on the Titanic and we, like we're already hitting the iceberg and you're like, I don't know what the problem is. Don't worry guys, the, we'll give you another free round trip once we get to port. It's like the ship's already sinking. We can't that's not possible. Um <laughs> And that's where Anthem really does find itself because Anthem is already committed to a to free DLC uh, to all its audience, which would suggest that maybe they're not confident in their initial product if they're already promising free story DLC. Um, and I just, I, 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 what have you seen of Anthem, Mike? I, I would like to know. Have you seen anything? Do you, what do you know about Anthem? Because I, I have, I have a theory, and I want to see if I want to see if it matches up here. Okay, honestly, I haven't really bothered to watch much besides that first gameplay reveal, and then the parodies that followed, like the the gameplay chatter. Yeah. One. Oh, the gameplay. The yeah. Really fake gameplay chatter yes and then these people on youtube released a video <laughs> what would actually of, yeah yeah of, of what the <laughs> yeah. actual gameplay chatter would be which is just two guys complaining about the random drops and, and one guy yeah yeah and, and then like people entering their game and just like blasting music through their mic like blasting a rick roll over the, the yeah, group chat just just you know <laughs> typical online stuff that all of us have dealt with but the original trailer didn't have any of that. Right. And that's, so this is my thing, because when I tried to do research into Anthem, I couldn't find anything. I was like, oh, "Oh, what's this game about? And I was like, I can't really find anything on what it's about. And I can't really Uh find anything on, like, major systems. I I watched a couple of gameplay reviews, and it's like, okay, so there are mech suits, and there's a mission where they go underground and fight some spiders, okay? Um, And there are different biomes, and there's exploration, But you really don't get a good handle on the game, which says a couple of things to me. It says that they are either still developing it and they are being crunched uh, in the sense that they are being for like the developer is working hard to try to create a game in a time in which they they don't have enough time to to create a cohesive game. So they're they're not giving a ton of concrete mechanical information or concrete story information about what's actually going to be in the game. Because you don't want to commit. You don't want to promise things that aren't going to end up being there. Um, Because we saw how bad that went with 
No Man's Sky and with a couple of other games. And so Anthem seems to me to be like, again, a, a sinking ship that before it's even come out already seems to be suffering from a lot of issues. Uh, and I, I do agree with the initial sentiment that like it is sad because it seems, I was like, oh, it seems kind of cool. Uh, it's Bioware again. But again, like, and this is another thing, which is Bioware, slowly but surely, it's going to be hung up in the rafters. It's going to be retired up there with the other horrible, uh, with all the other studios that EA has driven out the, of business. The dead, yeah, the dead studios. The dead studios. Yeah. Uh, so, just... Uh, okay, so they, they state that, like, they they made it at E3, but they they also said there will be no loot boxes in Anthem. Which, uh, okay, EA, sure. Yeah, there are random drops, though. Exactly. Which isn't a money problem, but, there aren't but it's, loop. A, it's a core gameplay yeah. issue oftentimes. I don't know, I'm, I, uh... <laughs> there will be, so they said there will be no loot boxes, but there will be some cosmetic stock that you can pay for, but it's always earnable. Okay, yeah. Well. Yeah, all right. It's getting real close. Yeah. Um, uh, this is very much in line with other public statements made by EA this year, which indicate a new degree of caution and care about how its games are monetized. Spoke to EA's Patrick Sutherland on the subject at E3. Uh, the potential of splitting the audience through paid DLC is also familiar. Yeah, U- Ubisoft adopted a similar strategy with Rainbow Six Siege, making multiplayer maps free in order to allow the number, the largest number of people to have the same experience. So we have been, and that, that is from the article, and so what we have been looking at is that, yes, potentially, if we, if we try, let's switch over to the optimist point of view and say, well, if maybe they're just releasing the story DLC because they're so confident that their story and their gameplay are such slam dunks that they're opening it up for the rest of us gamers and giving them a cool, fun, free experience. Oh man, it it even feels disingenuous to say that. Yeah, because it does we not. No, we know they're not confident. No. based on the fact that they will not release more details. Right. Oh. They don't know what this game is anymore because <laughs> the reception to that first that everyone gameplay yeah. trailer was so lukewarm. Even less than that, honestly, just disappointed that I, I think what they're trying to do is they're they're in panic mode. They're trying to completely shift gears. They're saying, okay, that didn't work. People are not they're not hyped for this by game. what yeah. we've shown. So we have to say, oh no, okay, but it's gonna have a really good story. We're gonna release this this story DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a story extra buy-in. Like, oh, okay, like the when when someone off, like a product's being offered in a store and like and people are like i don't know about that and start to leave and the person's like oh oh no don't go i'll i'll throw in some free story you want an you want an extra story uh, dlc free story <laughs> uh, we'll give you another you want some, you want like all these files it's got lots of story in it um and it also what what i also am concerned about in this is the developer um i'm i'm so concerned that they're like EA is once again going to run like Bioware into the ground, um, and I because Mass Effect Andromeda like really didn't do well um, even after the patches. It, it lost a, a bunch of its core audience as they tried to reboot a really well known franchise that put Bioware on the map. I mean, besides the the Dragon Age games, yeah. Um, 
And then, of course, you now have Anthem, which is, again, the game has not even been released yet, but we are still seeing troubling signs, warning lights, that suggest that perhaps the like Bioware is struggling to complete the game. We don't have a really good grasp on what's being advertised or what's being sold, which is going to lead to a lot of uh, cautious buyers from the onset uh, and, f- and will lead to fewer initial purchases, which once the reviews come out, this the, like that's the make or break. Once the reviews come out, and if it's really good, great, then the it'll uptake probably. And while initial sales won't be very high, if it is able to perform well, uh, it'll it'll become a smash hit, and people will love it and play it. Um, but it, it it does not bode well because if it doesn't do well with the critics, goodbye, like so long, Anthem. And that is another. It also reinforces something that is particularly dangerous in the current triple-A climate, which is an aversion to linear uh, player, or what is it, linear uh, narrative-driven experiences. Now, this is not the norm, and we've actually seen a lot of games kind of fire back against the sentiment. We've seen God of War. We saw The Witcher 3. We saw, like, a lot of games show that you can have a really strong narrative focus without Battle Royale, without uh, loot boxes, without, um, what is it, multiplayer. And it can still be a good, solid experience. Yeah. Are you saying those are linear, though? What? A God of... Like, the new God of War is linear. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, like... You know what I mean? It's not multiplayer. Like, like the... the oh. It's not like an open world. Oh, like, yeah. Like a single player. Yeah, it's a single player... Exp- I'm uh, sorry. Single okay. player narrative experience is what okay. I mean. Not... Yeah. Um, and so, the, there has been a big push... Hopefully, in in contrast to that, and we we've seen it, and it's funny because at the at the very opposite of Anthem Spectrum is uh, CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, where it's they've they've gone in depth, they've shown hardcore game mechanics that have already been created, and have shown like they've even gone in and explained the nuts and bolts of certain abilities and upgrades, and like have shown them the rickish like the the really cool ricochet mechanic in the game. Um, and even like has have shown just like combat happening, um, and that's that's the thing, which is like that that's one of the big things for An- the difference between Anthem and CD Projekt Red, which is like for Anthem we don't like we see combat, but it doesn't feel like combat. It feels like scripted, really like staged combat. But for CD Projekt Red, we've seen we've seen essentially like actual fighting. Um, we've even seen. Certain, like the developer, make a couple of mistakes in combat, which is very nice and refreshing to see. Right, that's true. And also, I, I think another difference between the two is that you have full disclosure on CD Projekt Red's side. Mm-hmm. They are constantly saying to the audience as they're playing that they have no idea if the game is going to look like this when it comes out. Exactly. Which is really important because that never happens. It is. It's, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like we. It's almost like being guaranteed. Yeah, it's like so. What's this product going to have? And someone's like, uh, it might have. Uh, well, you know, or like if you're going to buy a car, and someone's like, oh, this car might have wheels. It all. It might also hover. And you're like, could I just get a well, an answer? Which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 can be bad. Yeah. Where it's like, but I don't think that's what they're doing. Okay, what, do, what? How would you liken it to? I I think they're because they're not being ambiguous. This is uh, uh, really okay. I don't think so. How so? 
by preventing full gameplay and and combat, but then also saying it might not look like this. Right. What usually happens is they don't say anything about how it will look in the future. Right. They show one thing of gameplay footage and then yeah. never show anything again. I think they're just being honest about the process. That they don't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, I respect that. Well, but it, they, they clearly show that they do have something. Unlike Anthem, where they're showing that they have nothing, but they're not willing to admit it. Wait, what are you talking about right now? I'm talking about Cyberpunk. I thought you were talking about Anthem. Okay, oh, that's... Sorry. Okay. That There's the confusion. Sorry. I thought we had gone back to to, to Anthem. Right, okay. Sorry. I, I completely agree. Please continue. Yeah, no, that that, that was it. Ooh, that, yeah, okay. Then, then we're on the same page. For a second, I was really concerned because I was like, like what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I think that is one of the one of the interesting things with Anthem. It's just it's very concerning. We do have to take a quick word, but we will be right back after this. And we're back. All right. So uh, absolutely. And I think that Anthem itself suffers is going to. We're going to see. Uh, cyberpunk, I, I, and so, like, the, so the point you were making about cyberpunk was that they, like, even though they've stated, they, they've explicitly stated, like, the game may not look exactly like this, but these are the things that we're working with. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I, I, I actually think that, like, I think them being honest about their process is probably one of the most reassuring things that they, they can share. Um, it, it, because it, it, it tells me they, they are confident in what they're doing, and it also makes me feel like I know, I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. I, I'm not going to, yeah. If it's different, they're like, well, that was a beta and like things have changed. Um, whereas with Anthem, uh, we've been told like it's like alpha footage or like beta footage, but like we just don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I get if things are going poorly, you, <clears throat> you really can't have that honesty. Right, Which because like you can't be like, cyberpunk. it's a horrifying sinking ship. Everything's burning. Yeah, but I, I think you can have more honesty or, like, just put in an effort at least. <laughs> I mean, you have... Come on. Just release more information, say that it's being postponed or something. Yes. Or just, just you don't have to give details, but you you need to say something. The the less you say, and the more you say things are going fine. Yeah, and just show like more and more vague footage that's way different from what came before. And then when it comes, people because... are going to be confused. Yeah, and they're going to be worried, and they're probably not going to buy your game on release, which is exactly what publishers want you to do. Right, is buy the game as soon as it comes out. Right, immediately pre order sales. That, like, that's their bread and butter. And actually, yeah. you know what this reminds me of? Uh, Aliens Colonial Marines. Because you remember the, 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 what is it, the trailer where it looked so much better than it actually was. They provided, like, these amazing visuals. And we're like, look at this game. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and that then, happens all the time. Yeah. Now. Absolutely. Just a complete lie. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I can understand it, especially early on. But you're just, you're not going to build up, it, it works in the short term, I think. 
short term, it's going to get you sales. People are going to pre-order it or right. buy it on release because they saw that footage and it looked great. Exactly. And they want that game. Happened with Watch Dogs too. It absolutely happened with Watch Dogs. Uh, T-O-O, not the second game. The yeah. first Watch Dogs with game. With Watch Dogs as well. Yeah, right. It happened with Watch Dogs. Uh, it even happened with Dark Souls 2 to a degree. Not as bad as to, Watch Dogs. To a degree. <laughs> yeah, We're I'm really playing get, around get, with getting, that one. I'm getting very confusing. <laughs> it happened with all these games, and short term, it got them those sales. But right. then, look at, if you look at Watch Dogs 2, nobody bought that game. Because everyone was afraid to do so. Yeah, Even though it actually had, it had, it had some really interesting things going on with yeah, it. Yeah, I thought Watch Dogs 2 was good. I took a chance on it because I heard nice. really good things. And I was surprised to hear good things because I played the first game and, and said, this is really mediocre. I probably won't get the second one because look at what it looked like, you know, a exactly. year before it came look out. At the, it looked amazing. And look at the fake game files for the for the, the fake explosions that they brought out only for the demo. Right. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's So you get people to buy this short term, but then once they buy it, and are just so overwhelmingly disappointed and right. realize that they have been manipulated, that you know they weren't given the proper information as to the process for how this game was being developed, they're probably not going to continue buying that the, like the product line of that intellectual property. Exactly. And they're going to stop. That's what's so concerning because Anthem is a completely new intellectual property. Right. So if it's just so going to... they're killing it off as soon as it... it releases not just that it's like you're killing two of your prized geese with one stone it's a strange metaphor but it's a it's appropriate because on the one hand you're gonna like you're gonna absolutely stunt anthem and the series like this new series that you're trying to get off the ground which by the way like we need more new series we need more new intellectual properties instead of a bunch of reboots or remasters um and i i also think that like it will severely hobble uh bioware again which again they don't need this ea like bioware has produced some really quality games in the past but i'm so concerned that ea keeps putting it in these situations in which it is like it's almost like it 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 can't it's not like they what is it it's like they're being forced to under uh produce or like they we know they can do better we've seen them do better it's just I don't know, something's up. And they're being kind of forced lower and lower with each one. Mass Effect Andromeda. Why would you put the B team on Mass Effect Andromeda? (laughs) I'm so upset. Why would you put them there? Or at least, yeah. like Put your A team on it. Not not speaking as as denigratingly, I guess, to those developers. Right. It's not the but developers. Like, it's it's the publisher. Well, right. It's it's the publisher, but it's it's not because they they were I think worse necessarily. It just wasn't the team that developed the f- the previous game. Exactly. Why wouldn't you like, go? Why, with yeah. That? Why why wouldn't you put that team on the one that your players trust and and know their like, their product have produced like quality things in the past? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you keep up with that? Right. What's going on, EA? Yeah. Oh man, what's going on? 
I mean, I'm definitely worried about the future of Bioware, at least in terms of like what they're going to put out from now on. Mm-hmm. But I, at this point, EA cannot afford to lose them. I exactly. Because I'm thinking about the studios under EA right now. Who do, who They've got what? I can look <sighs> it up. But. I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but just thinking about Bioware being owned by them, it's it has to be one of their biggest companies because... Bioware develops their most popular IPs. Right, so... Some of their most popular IPs. Uh, we've got... EA develops and publishes games including EA Sports titles, FIFA, Madden NFL, NHL, NCAA Football, NBA Live, SSX, and owns and operates major gaming studios, uh, Tiberian in Orlando, EA Vancouver in Burnaby, Bioware in Edmonton, as well as... Austin and Dice in Sweden and Los Angeles. Yeah. Dice isn't doing God knows Dice is still like having some difficulties. Yeah, they can't um, lose Bioware. They they they, re- they it is one They of have the-, the sports games and they could do exclusively sports games, but right now if they cut out Bioware, they're they're losing half of their player base. It is an enormous at the very least. It, it, yeah, it, you and that's the thing which is it is. It's so. It, it, one of the reasons it's so concerning is because you. It's a player base that's been around since Dragon Age, since Mass Effect One, for for yeah, years. Two thousand seven. Like just since Mass Effect One. And 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 to just be like, well, um, EA Bioware is, is. But this isn't. The, this is not the first time this has happened. We've lost so many other studios. We've lost. Right. Uh, but most of them weren't as big as Bioware. Exactly. We've never. Yeah. In which. So like it might we might get a situation where it's like you know Bioware too big to fail, where they they keep they do worse and they do worse, but it's like you know, EA's like sorry you make too much money yeah, yeah. come on so yeah it can't they they can keep crushing them, but I they they can't lose them at it, this point it would be it would be too much of a loss, that's that is it is one of the things it's kind of scary, um and. Again, really just love jumping from, from bit to bit. There's also uh, a story that I have here about GameStop and how it's failing. <laughs> just uh, see if you can spot the theme, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, GameStop in... Uh, so according to this article, collectible, like collectibles and console hardware are bright points as the company posts $24.9 million in loss in a second quarter oh. with revenues dipping 2.4%. GameStop is floundering. It, yeah. it, it is it is struggling to keep up because it is it seems to keep losing money. Um, Everything's digital. It's all digital. And yeah, I, it's and, just like Blockbuster. God, the, the anticipation around the upcoming video games across several franchises is extraordinary, and we remain well-positioned to leverage our industry-leading position to drive growth in the second half. And this was according to Rob Lloyd, the CFO and uh, chief operation chief operations officer and chief financial officer for GameStop. I think he's putting on a more of a brave face and being like, "Don't worry, we'll recoup it, uh, shareholders. Don't worry." Um, but like the 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 problem is, it's it's having a really hard time with uh, with sales, and it, it it's kind of. GameStop really came about in a different era than now. Uh, when in the era in which GameStop came about, discs were the only thing. Uh, and like your GameStop, at least when I was growing up and when GameStops were part of it, and I really didn't have Steam, it'd be like you know, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to the GameStop and I'm gonna go see if I can find a cool new game. That was the library that I selected from, 
And that one, like the people in the GameStop store were the people that I would ask about what games were good. And it was before the huge video game uh, journalism culture came about where every single person is a reviewer, where you no longer need to go into a store and ask someone behind a desk, hey, what games are good? Now it's, I can just look up online what games are good and I can purchase them online. And uh, if I find a good game online, I can purchase it in a humble bundle, potentially. Yeah. Get a bunch of games for cheap, don't need to go into the store, and I don't need a physical copy. Now this comes with its own drawbacks, but GameStop as, a, as kind of a, a bastion for... Uh, physical copies of games is slowly going away and it is it is become so i don't know what, what i did want to discuss like what are what are some experiences uh you've had with gamestop and how do you think they could uh attempt to recoup something like this but before we do get into that i do have to say hello and welcome to those of you joining us at the top of the hour you're listening to carry ui 89.7 fm iowa city's former sound alternative you're listening to pixel hunt i'm your host malcolm cano and joining me in the studio is Michael Carl. Uh, we talk about video game news, controversy, and analysis, just for those of you joining us at the top of the hour. So, And we're actually about to get into a talk about GameStop. So if you've ever been into a GameStop and thought, wow, this is depressing, uh, have we got some news for you? Oh boy. Um, so Mike, what do you think GameStop could possibly do to recoup all of these losses, especially in the market of used games because it seems like console sales and collectibles are the two things in which they are excelling but used game sales are not where do you see the future of like discs well yeah so it's it's with gamestop it's not only the the sale market that's dying it's resale too right nobody is no one goes into a gamestop to sell their games that's ridiculous no no it doesn't happen anymore especially since you have people who haven't bought physical copies of games in years. Right. And so the newest game they have is something that they've had long enough that they probably don't want to sell it back. It has emotional value. Exactly. So you're not going to sell back your old physical copies, even though perhaps you don't play them anymore, you're attached to them. Right. Because... I mean, most people I know like physical copies still. It's actually, it is one of the things, like, the only physical copies I usually buy are console exclusives, usually. Like, right now, for, right. The, for the PS4, like, I have God of War for the PS4, and I think I've got, a, like, a few other PS4-specific games. But it's, it's only because that's the only place that I could get them on. And I've started to branch out more and just, like, get more games online on Steam. Right, yeah. And so I, I just... Yeah, I, I do. I agree that like physical games copies are starting to become more and more like uh, like having a library or a collectible library. It's it, back in the day, it used to be that it was a a fluid stock from which you could draw, resell, and purchase new games. But now there's become there's an increasing push to just kind of amass games and to to have them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, the, the physical copies are becoming collectibles. Yep, and it's like for example, like uh, Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door. Love that yeah. game. Super yeah, Mario Sunshine, one of the first games right. I ever got. Things that I, I've held on to because I grew up with them, because they are becoming more expensive, rarer, um, and because it's they're not being produced as much, and there's a scarcity that's happening. Because back in the day, what GameStop really like managed to turn a profit off of was that there were tons of copies of all of these games. 
tons of Xbox 360, tons of GameCube games, tons of like even in the Wii, tons of Wii games that are just ubiquitous all over the place uh, that you could very easily go into a store, buy, sell back because they were all, everywhere. But now with this scarcity that's become that's being introduced, people are less and less likely to bring in copies of their old games. And the rising price point of new games is is uh, discouraging the purchase of them. So we, we're it's this weird situation in which games are becoming more expensive and of the older games they're becoming it's there's a scarcity and uh, an, a, a rise in cost that's it's kind of closing in on GameStop on two fronts. And so I wonder, yeah, and collectibles and consoles are great, but they will not push sales. Especially when, like, really the only things that, that really push sales for, for GameStop now are consoles, console exclusives, and, like, cool t-shirts or whatever. Or figurines. You can get... That's another thing. I, I am also surprised by that pivot. Right. I, I, I wonder... I don't know. Do you ever, do you think we'll see like mass closures like we've seen with a couple of other like yeah, chains like of stores? Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be just <clears> like <throat> Blockbuster. The great GameStop purge. Yeah, no, I, I, I have very little doubt because at this point, whatever they do, I think it'll be too little too late. The only way they're going to survive is by going completely digital, mm-hmm. by having an online storefront, which they do, right. but it's bad but it's very bad yeah and just just from my personal experience which i'm sure many people share the same experience if you ever had a gamestop library it was not dependable they had an app formerly that just they they clearly did not invest enough time on right so that they, they eventually discontinued yeah, yeah they discontinued it so now you only buy from their website which is not good for PC gamers. They don't want to go to a website. They right. want an app that will store all of their games. They Jeez. don't want that's weird GameStop's website. So, and, and I think probably most of the games that you get on GameStop probably aren't DRM free. Yeah. Not positive. Well, but that wouldn't <laughs> help either. There's actually two layers of DeNovo installed, just in case you wanted to play these games. Right. <laughs> But yeah, um, that's so they don't have an edge on websites like GOG, where almost everything's DRM free, and they have a lot of old games that people can't get anywhere else that run on new computers without the need of like DOSBox or an emulator, right? Uh, which is really nice. Yeah, and GameStop doesn't have that, or exactly. even if they will in the future other website based storefronts had it first exactly so no one's going to go to gamestop so at this point for that it, it's not impossible but it would require a like a, a pivot shift the likes of which people ha- we've never seen before for a, a a game retailer we it would it would require gamestop to simultaneously close down thousands of stores across the united states and across the world close them all down liquidate the stock and then uh, digitize their online marketplace and start trying to swing at uh, Steam and, and attempt to, to carve out some kind of a niche uh, against a company that has been un- almost completely unchallenged in the online game market uh, marketplace f- since its creation. 
Right. It it, it would take it, it would be like the uh, an uphill battle at ninety degrees. Yeah, it, it'd no, be it's, absurd. It's borderline impossible for them to shift that way. Right. And I I don't know how much longer they they will be open surviving off of collectible items. Exactly. Especially since I think retail in like Target or Walmart, etc., just big department stores, you have games you can buy there. Yep. People are just going there, I think. Because we don't require because it, it's it's funny because the 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 former model of a giant library with a bunch of eclectic games that you could purchase is no like of, of a bunch of physical copies of eclectic games that you could purchase is no longer the model. Instead it's an eclectic online marketplace and a physical marketplace that has a few large mainstream choices. Right. That are for exclusives and more big name games. Yeah, and I, I think the the resale market isn't disappearing entirely. It's just also moving online. It's becoming people more. People are yeah yeah people are trading these physical items on eBay. Yeah, or or Amazon. It's actually uh, become much more individualistic. In which if I have a bunch of video games, I can just become. Uh, I can create my own yeah. digital marketplace on yeah. Amazon. And Amazon sell them. too, yeah. yeah. You can just become a seller on Amazon, which is what a lot of small independent game companies do. Exactly. <laughs> or in game, yeah, what a bunch of small independent game, like, yeah, game companies and game uh, retailers. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's becoming, yeah, I don't, I no longer have to push it through GameStop. I no longer have to push it through Target. I can just sell it online. Um, and so we are actually that would be also be an interesting model where it wouldn't require them to necessarily digitize their entire stock, but it would tr- they would have to close down all their stores and store all the physical copies of their games in like locations and become like a huge Amazon. Make but, it a shipping yeah, service. but just yeah. for 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 disc video games. That would be interesting. Yeah, they they'd have the they certainly have the stock for it. Uh, they have all of the physical copies of games, and like, it would actually cut down on a lot of issues you'd have with uh, availability because it would unify their their network. Um, because one of the issues, at least I've run into with GameStop, was I went in and asked for something. They were like, "Okay, we don't have this, but a game, right. but a GameStop over like fifty or hundred miles away has it, and yeah. we can request it from them." Near, right? That yeah, it was near. near. Yeah. yeah. So it would be interesting if GameStop managed not only to shut down all its locations, but to centralize. It's network uh, of of physical copies of games and provide an online marketplace. I, that would be interesting, and you could potentially I don't know there there would definitely still be the option to sell your games to the to the GameStop warehouses, and it would still be a terrible deal. I imagine just a just an awful deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that I that's interesting. I, I I wonder are there any shortcomings with that? Do you do you, do you think that there'd be any difficulties that GameStop would have with liquid, like with centralizing all of their resources and trying to parcel it out? Difficulties, yes, yeah. many. Like I, I don't think they would be able to move into that type of marketplace early enough mm-hmm. because they'd be competing with Amazon. Yes, they'd be competing with Amazon. They would be, which usually has the best prices. This is true. Honestly, if if we're talking an online marketplace, it makes sense to go into a GameStop and pay sixty dollars for a new game because it's retail. You're in the store and you're paying for convenience. But sometimes online, oftentimes you will have to pay retail. 
but Amazon can pretty much match the lowest prices of any new game. It's true. It's just what they do. It's why people always go to them. But if you're not competing with Amazon, you're competing with also Walmart's online Oh, that's ordering, true. Target's online ordering. You can also order all of those things online via Target and Yikes. get it shipped to you. Okay. So, yeah. The only edge that GameStop would have is that they, they would have at least a, um, a backlog of older games. Uh, but, but that's the thing. They're getting rid of it. Exactly. That's the, well, <laughs> like, I think the oldest thing they sell there now is... They've gotten rid of... There's no PS... generation. Yeah, there's no PS2. There's no, no GameCube. There's it's it, PS3. PS3, Xbox 360, yep. and Wii are the, the cutoffs. Yep. Now which, they are. Yeah. Which, Oof. like, that, that might mistake. go away, too. Yeah. So, I don't really know if people are going to be going there rather than a smaller, more independently run game store. Which would instead still have market. GameCube and, like... Older yeah, types of and like Super oh, Nintendo because you're going there right. more for the collectible aspect, whereas Oof. you go to GameStop mostly for new games at this point. Yeah, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because they don't have the the they don't have the collectible like the, they don't have the collectibles to go up against these smaller stores which have more specialized inventory and they don't have a handle on large scale like uh, AAA games because online retailers and like retailers like target and uh walmart have them on that yeah. and they can't get into the digital market because amazon potentially has a hold on them there yeah so it looks like gamestop's just gonna die and uh, well good luck to them because that that is oof I, I mean like but that's the other thing is that we do have like a similar thing happened with blockbuster but we do have a case where like out in Alaska. Yeah, there's one blockbuster. There's one open, blockbuster. But it's independently owned. Exactly. So we might get like one to two GameStops. Yeah. Independently Person owned. really wants to keep GameStop alive. And then alive. you make a pilgrimage so they can ask you for your email address. So they can spam your email full of their deals. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm here it's, to... It's, it's independently owned, but they still practice <laughs> yes. the same like franchise tactics. They like... they. <laughs> It's still like, you want to become a Power Pro member? There's only 16 in the world. Yeah, it's just like, you can be one, can be one of 11 in the entire world. Of, of Power Pro members of this singular GameStop. There are no advantages because we you, do not offer any. Because we, we don't. We are a single store. We, we, you get a card with your name on it, and that's it. You can feel, yep, if you want, we can put your picture on it, too. But that's as far as we'll, we'll go. Put your picture up in the store. Yeah. Also, uh, I wonder about their, their connection to Game Informer and how they have a deal with, going with Game Informer where, like, and it's actually the only thing I get from GameStop, which is, like, I paid for a year-long subscription to Game Informer for, like, 13, 12, 13 bucks, which was really nice. I right. like it. Um, but, yeah, what happens, because... I actually think that's Game Informer's main way of main um, like distribution network is through GameStop. Well, yeah, because Game Informer is is owned by GameStop. Right. So yeah. I just I that's also going to have issues and like it's going to start going downhill. Yeah, they're Congre- going together. Yeah, Congregate the online uh, game thing is owned by GameStop as well. So I want. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. That's right. They bought Congregate. So that's like this is the one thing they have that is somewhat like they they got that. 
How much does congregate make on average? I'm glad uh, you asked, I mean, Mike. It makes yeah. uh, between zero and absolutely nothing. I mean, comparative right. to what they make right now, congregate is like it's a probably a tiny, uh, ass, like a tiny amount. Like I'm sure they've got some like advertising money they make off of congregate because they probably still get like a pretty a good amount of traffic. Um, but like all the games on that site are free, and it's like that's advertising is the only thing that you'd get from that, and that that can't be as much as what they're doing in their stores. So we we might see a, an incredible shrinking and truncating of GameStop's uh, journals. We might see a truncation of their stock. We like physical locations. It's I have a theory that it's going to become this huge inward collapse like things are going to start going it's going to be a bunch of like a bunch of GameStop stores are going to start closing down and that like or no the first sign will be the 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 sales you'll say like oh look at all these sales GameStop's doing a, a special promotional sale really that's the the herald of the end times yeah the liquidation no, it'll, it'll is upon like us blockbuster yeah do you remember I, I remember going the, into a blockbuster the block the blockpocalypse yeah yeah Exactly. I remember going into the local blockbuster in my hometown and everything was on sale. Like they were selling the signs just hanging up around oh, the man. store. They were selling the the racks that held stuff up. Oh my god. Just all of it. Like prices on everything and everything was incredibly cheap. Yeah. That'll be a gold that's going to be a gold rush, man. I can't wait for that day. Yeah, bust I mean, up into it. Just go to a couple of blockbusters and just find the really, really niche, really cool games and be like, yeah, it's yeah, these. yeah. I well, <clears throat> even last time we went in there, I remember I, I feel like I saw a bunch of the shelves were empty, yes. especially up front. Yep, where they keep the more expensive collectible items. My my favorite. Yeah, There's I remember looking over at shelves. the PS4 exclusive section. There were like six games. I'm like, oh, that's not a lot. Yeah. Um, but it, so. I, I think that's what's going to end up happening is that like there will be sales and it will be the GameStop GameStop apocalypse, the stop apocalypse. If we can call it an apocalypse, right? Well, yeah, and not just a quiet, <laughs> a quiet, just a little poof <laughs> as GameStop just kind of a little puff just, of powder. Yeah, a final just like blockbuster, <laughs> except for one, a few strongholds in the north. Yep, one. Uh, one stronghold in the <laughs> north. Um, I, 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 I do wonder, and it, that's the problem is that, like, people, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you'd be like, oh, this would be, you're right. It's not going to be an apocalypse because there's no longer really a need for them. They've become, like, this vestigial, uh, this vestigial, like, uh, structure on the game, the used game, like, marketplace. We don't need them anymore. Yeah, they, they, they don't, it's not really necessary. They don't really serve that much of a purpose. And so now they're, you know, yeah, we're eventually going to shed it. It's going to get real itchy. Yeah. <laughs> um, went deep in that metaphor. Oh, boy. Uh, so that's, it, it, I don't know. I, I'm concerned for, for the loss of Blockbuster. But again, I will cry. I, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Of, oh, I'm sorry. My true, it's a, a Freudian slip. You know my true feelings I'm now. I'm for the loss of Alaskan <laughs> Blockbuster. I'm mourn for the loss of GameStop. 
Uh, I can't wait to be like back in my day. We used to go to a physical store to buy our games. Used to That's used to scary. we used to have to go six miles in the snow up a hill both ways to get our, to get your near automata. Not like you kids nowadays, and you on demand. Just think you want something and it appears. <laughs> God. So there's there's one final article I had for today uh, that I think it, it seems fitting to end on this. we still got about 12 more minutes. Uh, but PUBG has become the first Steam game to have 1 million concurrent players for 365 days in a row. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that... I thought PUBG initially, you know... Player Unknown's Battlegrounds uh, was going to peter out with the with the advent of Fortnite because Fortnite was almost free. like free, looked better, ran better, provided more interaction, became a larger cultural phenomenon. But somehow, uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds has hung in there, and even though they haven't innovated incredibly, they've still maintained a pretty sizable role in the battle royale community. Uh, it's funny because they were at least before Fortnite. Um, and so, yeah, despite a market decline in popularity, they've still managed to, to, to continue this, uh, this, I don't know, this, it's really remarkable uh, to think that they've had a million players every single day for an, for an entire year. Um, and I just wonder, how do you think, like, so... Is that what it means or just like an average? No, it, it's like, uh, what is it? Uh, on September 5th of this year, it was close, uh, as PUBG came within just 5,000 players of falling b- below 1 million concurrent users. And these and are, this is the first time that's happened in it's, 365 it, days. It, that was, it, it came close to falling below a million, but right, it's, but it, for a, it has not for an entire year. Um, so like they recently announced plans to address issues that have been limiting to PUBG's true potential, which is, oh boy. So it's they they officially fell below one million concurrent players for the first time since uh, September eighth, twenty seventeen. On yeah, um, yeah, they they they're they're slowly but surely uh, on on September eleventh actually today. Oh, uh, yesterday they fell below one million concurrent players. Okay, so it looks like they they like hit one million and then they like it was a real rocky ride down to. Um, Below that below number, million. and so uh, it's still like that's it's insane. Uh, so like, it, but it also comes. It also is interesting because it coincides with another battle royale system that was being implemented, uh, specifically the Call of Duty Black Ops Four uh, beta testing for its battle royale game mode, which is like people are citing as one of the reasons why it might have uh, dipped below. It's because pl- players from PUBG are moving or migrating to uh, products with more resources, backing, things with better... Stability. Yes. Better stability. Things that don't uh, lag or or get really buggy and crash. Do you remember what happened with the H1Z1 craze? Yes. Where PUBG came out of? I... Because, like, that was really nuts. Because it was like DayZ, H1Z1, uh, and a bunch of... A ton of games came out very quickly... Which were like uh, battle royale player survival, which then slowly morphed into battle royale, which then morphed into Fortnite. Right. And so, 
we've seen this natural progression and now from Fortnite, we're going to call of duty black ops 4 battle royale situations so i i it is interesting to see that like PUBG hasn't stopped uh changing or hasn't stopped trying to evolve but they, they they're still in decline and so I, I don't know do you think PUBG? do you think they'll ever be able to come back on top i don't think so I, I think that they, they had the spotlight for a minute, but I think that their their time is up. And I don't think... It'll take a lot for them to reclaim it. I mean, no, they won't be number one again, but it sounds like they're doing fine, honestly. Yeah. It seems like it. But, yeah, they're they're no longer the, the, the first game to succeed in making, like, a competent Battle Royale game. Like, H1Z1, massive failure. Exactly came out a bunch of people bought it didn't last i i don't even know how long it lasted it was it was not before, long yeah I... before the player base generally abandoned it um and daisy not that long it if was if i'm recalling correctly was a mod first yep was it an Arma 2 mod? Yeah, it was an Arma 2, it yes. Arma 2 mod. Yes, it was. Okay. And it suffered from like a ton of bugs. Right. Like really bad bugs. Yeah. So same thing. PUBG came out with a lot of bugs, but was still... It, it worked. It was <laughs> exactly. a competent Battle Royale game, which is what people wanted. Oh, the Culling was another one. That one was oh. in early access for a while. Yep, and then like... Fell. Same thing, and now just... the Culling Two came out, and it 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 like floundered spectacularly, almost immediately. Like there were not Jim Sterling did it's a too late. yeah he he Jim Sterling did a uh, a kind of a post mortem uh, a not a post mortem because it was while the game was coming out, but a mortem a pre mortem not it wasn't before it was as the game was happening. Oh okay, so like a present mortem on the game, just a eulogy, <laughs> a eulogy, yeah. Uh, because the game, when it came out, The Culling 2 uh, was awful. It had no, it had absolutely no players. There was no interest generated from it. It was like, on day one, it was virtually unplayable. And it was taken, it was pulled from the market several, like, hours. Like, I think it was like 48 hours after the game came out. It was, wow. a, it was a horrifying failure. Yeah. It was very bad. It's a bad time. Uh, and so I, I, I don't think, like, we didn't see the same with PUBG, but I do wonder what it's going to, because I think there will always be, there'll always be hardcore PUBG fans, but I think it will, it's going to remain where it was. It, it's almost kind of stuck in its own little, like, pool as these other games have built on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. They, they, it's, it's almost like, uh, like, yeah, like PUBG built a foundation, but it'll never, the foundation will never be built above anything else uh, because it is the foundation. Right. There might be PUBG 2, which would be like a new floor that you could potentially put above these other ones. But now you're starting to get mainstream involvement, specifically from a AAA publisher. And at that point, like, you you can't compete. So was Fortnite, though. This like, is true. Epic, Epic Games. games. Yeah. yeah. So like, but yeah, exactly. Now, now the yeah, like now paid, the big boys yeah, are coming like in. Paid AAA. Yeah. Activision. Yeah. And Call of Duty, like the former top grossing series of all time exactly just just like it, at this point the juggernauts have kind of started to to hone in on the territory right and it's no longer you know smaller studios a bit it's, it's outside of their ability it's not like they can't do their games they can still do them but like it is no longer uh they can no longer dominate the pond yeah call of duty needs to do it right though because <sighs> they're in trouble after infinite warfare yeah, they well, can't just do whatever they want anymore this is true 
Get Jon Snow out of that game. Yeah. <laughs> or wait, was that Kevin Spacey or Jon Snow? It was Jon Snow in oh. Infinite Warfare. Okay. Yeah, you're right. And then before was Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Pre- Honestly, I don't even know the, the order anymore. Press F to pay respects is all I can remember. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Pay those respects. The stuff of legends. <laughs> Press F to pay respects. Press F to battle royale. Oh, man. Well, I, I hate to say that, like, we've seen a, a, a really the, the, the theme for today has just been in decline. A lot of decline. <laughs> True, yeah. Just, uh, just pulled up a bunch of articles about horrible decay. <laughs> decay and decline and <laughs> child gambling. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah, exactly. That's moral decay. Yeah, there we go. Decay. We've covered all of them. Uh, but you know what doesn't, you know what's not on the decline, Mike? Pixel Hunt. Uh it's on the rise. It's up. on the rise. It's the fourth year, baby. <laughs> We're here. Fourth year, baby. Um, but yes, if you liked what you heard, and we would absolutely love to hear from you, you can find us online, facebook.com forward slash pixel hunt radio show, or you can find me on Twitter at a pixel hunt. And if you want to hear last week's episode, you can just go on to SoundCloud where I'll be uploading these episodes on the radio, slightly edited for a podcast format, and you'll be able to listen to uh, past uh, past episodes. Uh, and I'll see if I can't get those on the iTunes market, get that on the Google Play market, so that way people can get a little little taste, a nice little taste of Pixel Hunt. Uh, but we wouldn't be anywhere without all of you listening. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I've been Malcolm Cano. And I've been Michael Carl. Thank you. Uh... Do you have anything to say before we before we head off? I don't. No? All right. Uh, uh, tip your local waitresses. Uh, go into GameStop and get ready for those deals. Get ready to, to like take the GameStop by storm. Yeah, there we it's going to be crazy when those sales come up. It's going to be absolutely out of control, and I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be like... You can buy some of their shelving units. Ooh. ooh. Sell those off. Don't Maybe tempt the me. carpeting. <laughs> Just rip it up. Oh, yeah. Look at all this carpeting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, what, what color is the carpet usually there? Like what is it red? like? Yeah, like oh, yeah, bright it is red. red. It's bright red, and you're like, oh, can I just get oh. this carpet? Just <laughs> bring in your scissors. It's um, it's, Cut out little pieces. it's it, all right. We're gonna go into like weird after hours nonsense, but it's like mother where they're tearing up all bits of the house, oh, and they're just like, I have to have a piece of what he owns. You have mother in the GameStop. The GameStop <laughs> yeah. employees like, get out! Yes, get out of the GameStop. Get out! That's that wall is embraced. Yeah. <laughs> And Start painting the walls. You, like, smash open the display case with the, the PS3 inside of it and grab it. And they're like, what are you doing? And then you start destroying yeah. the PS3. Just, like, breaking it. Yeah. Just ha- going wild on it. <laughs> oh, man. Mother's a great movie, by the way. Yeah. Recommended. <laughs> recommended. A lot of people hated it. It's, but, yeah. Nah, it's, it's good. It's real good. It's very troubling. But thank you, everybody. We'll see you guys next week.